I'm your host, Big T. Will. I got my man, co-host, uh, producer extraordinaire. Also has some other nicknames like Apollo Creed, but uh, you're not going to list them all. My man, Robert Brown. What's up, RB? I'm doing good. How are you doing, T. Will? Oh, man. Uh, like I said, I'm getting excited. Um, we're getting close to the season, and things are happening around the NBA. Have you noticed Oh, yeah. Once we get this close, everybody's moving and shaking, getting things ready for opening day. So we all know what, uh, what has happened up in Boston with uh, Nduke. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I feel like this is a railroad job. I don't know why there's so much coverage over it and why Woj is blasting his left and right when you got just as other major stories going on. Uh, with someone down south stealing millions of dollars and in the NFL Hall of Fame and has just smeared whatever legacy he had to the to the to the six feet under. And there's hardly any talk about it. I mean there's hardly any talk about it. There's there's no talk about it because you know the agenda that they do and don't want to push. And that doesn't and, fit the agenda. And it's nonsense, right? Absolutely. Total nonsense. Total nonsense. So, you know, it is it's, the NBA is the, I, I always said this, the NBA is the biggest reality show out of all our, our top sports between NFL, um, MLB, NHL. NBA is the biggest uh, housewife episodes we watch, mm-hmm. right or wrong. Oh, correct. And, <laughs> and I'm just trying to phrase it in a way where the people understand where I'm coming from. So this, what, what what's happening in Boston is like the it's like the opening scene, episode seventy six, because it's the seventy six year. You know, or or season seventy six, episode mm-hmm. one, and that's where we're at. And they're going to open up in Boston, so it's going to be a lot of coverage with Boston. There's going to be a couple episodes with Brooklyn. Hmm. There's going to be some episodes with LA, and there's going to be some. I'm hoping. I don't know if you hear that. Knock on wood. Knocking on, I hear it. I'm hoping there's no episodes of our Sixers. So that being said, you know, the Celtics waive um, a future uh, potential trade target the Sixers were looking at to fit Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin is still in the league robbing people. Hmm, blind. <laughs> Seriously. But with Gallinari out, Robert Williams out, uh, Udoka suspended for the season, and they're coming off winning and being the conference champs. I gotta say this, Rob. I'm enjoying this fiasco up there. Oh yeah, I, I'm always rooting for it. Just straight up, uh, just chaos in Boston. I just love nothing more than to see that squad just shoot themselves in the foot, which 
you know, they, they deserve it. Honestly, the, the karma comes to them as a franchise for multiple reasons. Um, but you know, it is what it is. And it's glad, like you said, no episodes of the Sixers this year, no drama, everything should go as planned, but you know, you know, it's reality here. So. Yeah. So, um, Denzel Valentine is, is, uh, I guess going to be available, maybe. You know, we sell she. I mean, it would be a nice, nice little uh, pickup. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a nice little little piece, right? A little ad. I mean, at this point, um, just fine tuning and everything, and and because we've got our base here, we've got our uh, our guys and our pieces. So anything else would just be a nice little addition. Right, right, and you know, people don't realize, but. Valentine was a trade target back when the Sixers traded for Alec Burks, Glenn Robinson III, when he made the deal with Golden State. Mm. So, you know, could he still be on the radar with this roster? I don't know. I still think, Rob, as we talked about last episode, we still need a backup point guard. Um, and that's going to be tough. I don't see – I don't foresee anyone shaking loose within the next two weeks. I don't foresee Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers making a move for that. And they're going to let the season start and we'll see what happens getting closer to the uh, trade deadline in February. Um, but yeah, man, everything that happens in Boston that is ground shaking and putting them in shambles and having uh, playing and cry, I am all for it. All for it. So, uh, I want to give you a, a quote. Joel Embiid said he wants to be defensive player of the year, right? Right. That was coming from his mouth. Mm-hmm. P.J. Tucker said this team is good enough to be the best defense in the league, the top or the top one of the top defenses in the league, mm-hmm. and the top defenses in the league usually go to the finals or somehow get a deep run in the playoffs. Embiid also said he wants to be Defensive Player of the Year. Can you see Embiid getting defensive player a year with uh, P.J. Tucker and uh, a Trez coming off the bench next to him this season? I think it's more likely that we end up being a top defensive team than him getting defensive player of the year. And just because it takes a lot of effort and energy that due to Embiid sometimes having to take some time to get his you know it's a long season it's a very long season and playing defense is the most extenuating thing you can do in in, in basketball is playing good defense and flying around so I don't know if he'll be as good as a standout defensive player just because I feel like as a team will be a great defensive team so it'll be more of defense by committee rather than like MB shutting down the you know, shutting down the lane and which he'll do, but it'll be a team effort, I believe. And, and cause he's got to focus on the other side of the ball too. He's got a lot on his plate. Um, and I, I think he will be a top defensive player, but I think it'll be the team that showcases its, its grit and defensive prowess throughout the entire season. And talking with that, you know, when the six riding high, uh, when doc first got here, they had 
Simmons and Thibault. And I remember, you know, you and I getting real giddy after every night because these two were putting everyone in chains. Mm-hmm. Everyone they played, they were putting them in chains. They were just locking them up. So Doc Rivers took the team down to uh, South Carolina for for camp. And I think that was a great move to get them away from this area, get them away from the from the uh, Camden facilities and get them more together and bring them together as a team. Um, I thought it was a fascinating move. I thought it was a calculated move. And I think it's going to pay off because the team has to come together quickly. Now, while they were down there, the Sixers maybe, maybe have formed another dynamic duo on defense. And I'm talking with DeAnthony Melton and Matisse Stiebel. They were causing a lot of havoc, a lot of havoc in practice down there. And we know what we know what Matisse can do on defense. We've never had an issue with him, you know, uh, playing defense. We've always praised him on his defense. It was his uh, jump shot being more consistent. We wanted him to work on. So most people don't know about DeAnthony Melton. And for a guy to have a wingspan of about six nine, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. he's going to be he's going to be up there with deflections with with Thibel, steals and blocks. You know he's a high energy guy. I'm telling you, I've been I've been saying this since we got him. I love the pickup. I love that kid. He is high energy, and he can shoot. He's going to replace. He's a younger version of Danny Green. He's gonna put. He's gonna carve his name in that corner. Mm-hmm. And and so so is Daniel House too. The house is gonna carve his name in that corner too. Yeah, he hit many of three pointers from the from the corner. So we're gonna have we're gonna have a house built of Melton and and and, and House from the way, from the corners. Right, I, I tell think- you. Go ahead. I just think that the Melton pickup will be – we'll look back on it and be like it was one of the more underrated, sneaky good pickups that we had. It's probably my favorite when it came to value and, like, um, upside on the trade. I would say that's probably the highest upside trade – I mean, not trade, uh, pickup that we made. And just plucking him out of a, a successful situation where he was ready on the brink to prove himself as a – a very viable option in this league as a scorer and as a player uh, all the way around. And I think he'll, one, I, I think he'll be uh, better than um, advertised than advertised. Yeah. And and Danny green, when it comes to what he brought to the, to the floor for us, not specifically him as a player in his career, but uh, better than he was with us. So I think Melton is going to be one of the key X factors for us when it comes to our depth and he'll he'll uh, put the league on notice very quickly. I feel like, and we'll be we'll be loving every minute of it. Well, I want to give you, I'm going to give you something from practice. Uh, Thursday's practice, um, the Sixers uh, red jersey team was uh, shake. It was uh, Shake Melton, 
uh, DeAnthony Melton, Daniel House, George Niang. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Paul Reed. Okay. All right. So they gave the red jersey team fits because of the defense of Melton and uh you know the activity of Paul Reed. Mm-hmm. Now Doc Rivers didn't keep those five man groups consistent. You know, we know that with Doc anyway. And this is the time in camp to play around with the lineup. Mm-hmm. He was switching things up regularly throughout uh, practice and scrimmage. Um, Thibel and Melton gave the coaching staff goosebumps because it gave them a look at what potentially could happen when they had uh, Simmons and Thibel. You know, they were they were forcing turnovers in the zone. Melton was in James Harden's shirt. He was in uh, Maxie's shirt. Thibel was doing his things with the deflections. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's what we want to see. Yo, this team was always good when they were good on defense. Yeah. Going back under Brett Brown. This team has always been better when they were better on better on the defensive side of the ball. So you 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 start focusing more on defense again, crashing the boards. Cause Doc said, you know, he wants to buy is crashing the offensive glass more. You know, because you crash the offensive glass, you get more possessions. The Sixers were down at the bottom with possessions but they were at the top at field goal percentages because they had to be damn near perfect every possession because they didn't have a lot of possessions because they were almost down at the bottom in defensive rebounding, which is odd because you had guys on the team like Joel Embiid and, and, and um, Andre Drummond, Dwight Howard, <laughs> your last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get what – when you were telling me about Ben Simmons and the podcast, I get where Ben was coming from saying, you know, people don't see what – and it's not – and I'm only using his word. People don't see what I do in an all-round game of, of NBA game. No, we do. We get that. It's not people, okay? Because people – you're talking about me, you, and other people who watch the game and understand what you bring to the table. And we said that when Ben was going, we're going to lose, we're going to lose possessions because Ben crashed the boards, uh-huh. right? And we're going to lose out in transition because he was a he was a walking uh, fast break himself. Yeah, we saw that. You can't take and lump in what you know what one or two things that you've heard, and then just throw a blanket over and say people. That's, yeah, that's and I think what, what he – like, now that I think about it a little more after listening to it, having to, like, you know, digest a little bit more, I think his plate was more with the national media than it was with the Philly media, who, in my opinion, we never changed. We never 
you knew it, it was the same. We, we were saying the same stuff the whole time. I think it's once the national media hopped on it and hopped on the shooting thing. And, and once they saw the, the game with this, with the Hawks and everything that transpired, once the national media got, to, uh, you know, took it on and Shaq and, 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 uh, you know, and Barkley or, you know, on, on the air and saying all this stuff about Ben Sims. I think it really got to him once it reached that level, because I think he was able to kind of chalk the rest up to Philly being Philly. Well, but, whose fault was that though? Oh, it's not ours. I'll tell you, we were just being observant, but I think <laughs> yeah. he's just soft. So it was like, it hit a little harder once it was like guys like Shaq and everybody. And like once people kind of aired him out everywhere where he couldn't escape it any longer. So he couldn't, you know, uh, and he's he still not going to escape it. He, he thinks he escaped it now because he has a red-eye shooter in Kyrie and Durant. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to escape because those guys do get cold. They don't get cold often, but they get cold. You can't hide forever. No. I think he's – yeah, he's searching for the solutions in the wrong places. But but he'll find that out. I mean, what if he – if and when this man steps on the court ever again, he'll find out. Right, right. And if and when, and if and when I put more energy into it, I might care. <laughs> um, <laughs> on that note, man, listen, coming up on the other side, we got to talk about the 37 year old slash 53 year old old man on the team, the vet that they talked about, um, bringing them in thanks to uh James Harden, you know, PJ Tucker. Uh, we're going to talk about his defense. He's he's bringing in practice and what he has said about this uh, nucleus that has been put together by the eel, Daryl Morey. And we're also going to get into uh, a little more breakdown of what we potentially could see, uh, you know, opening night and opening week. That and so much more in this edition of Philly Full Court Press. Stay with us, fam. Grab your drinks. We'll be back after these quick commercial breaks. Did you know the majority of failed patios and landscaping happens because of improper drainage? Lisk Landscape is an award-winning landscape architecture firm that understands the importance of drainage and stormwater management to help provide longevity for your next dream landscape project. Keep your landscaping looking its best all year round. Call Lisk Landscape for a free estimate at 856-931-LISK or visit us online for landscaping ideas at LISKlandscape.com. Get exclusive player photos, team videos, and more with the official Sixers mobile app. Download the app for free at Sixers.com slash app. Sign up now for Sixers Camps presented by Rothman. Are you ready? Yeah! Learn the fundamentals of basketball from Philadelphia 76ers players, staff, and coaches. Good shot. There you go. Give me five. From the ages of 5 to 17, Sixers Camp programs meet the needs of all skill levels. Ah! Sign up now at SixersCamps.com or call 610-668-7676. One, two, three, six, Yo, what's up, fellas? This is Anthony Gargano. Now, listen. 
Why wait for a vacation when you can have a vacation anytime in your own backyard? I got to tell you about my guy, Stephen from Lisk Landscaping Innovations. Stephen Lisk and his team specialize in stormwater management to help you achieve a dry outdoor living space. Now, Steve offers exquisite outdoor living from pavilions and kitchens and fireplaces and so much more. To Steve, your backyard is more than a space. It's a living, baby. You want to be living large and you can be. So if you want that dream backyard you've always envisioned, call Stephen Lisk, 856-931-5475. That's 856-931-5475. You can reach out on Instagram at Stephen Lisk or LiskLandscape.com and set up your consultation. Hey, guys, this is uh, Sixers writer Tom Moore. You're listening to my guy, T-Will, on Philly Full Court Press. Yeah, y'all, welcome back, everybody. Uh, T-Will, my man uh, RB over there. And, um, you know, before we went to uh, those quick messages, uh, I said we were going to bring up uh, the old man of the group. Well, this old man of the group is the reason why this team has gotten so much tougher. And they have a little, you know, a a little more edge, I would say, right now. They have a little more edge to themselves. That would be the one PJ Tucker. Uh, hey Rob, man. First off, uh, remind everybody your reaction when they got PJ Tucker, because I remember me saying that it was out based on the contract, the money, mm-hmm. um, the the years. It just wasn't feasible. And this was before Harding, you know, opted out his deal and everything, right? So, you know, I was going based on what was in front of me, not knowing that Harden was going to do what he did to allow the Sixers to bring in uh, PJ. So I actually forget what your your reaction was when they got PJ talking. I was very excited just because I felt like, one, the franchise listens to and be what Embiid thinks and what he wants and what he wanted was a dog and even drop name drop PJ Tucker before he, I get, I don't know if it was before they knew they were going to start looking for him or not, but he name dropped, you know, a guy, we need a guy like PJ Tucker. And, you know, I was with you in the camp where I didn't think it was feasible. Um, I figured he'd be asking for a lie, you know, and, and it wouldn't work with Harden's contract and everything, but um, Harden's win now mentality and showing through his actions was able to, uh, get us that space to do it. I think he's going to be huge for us. And everybody looks at the the age and everything, um, the fact that he's 37. But I said this before, uh, when we first got him, that his skill set translates fine in his older age still because he's you're not asking him to be um, something different than what he was in the last you know couple of years and what he was a piece on the heat. And he's a very uh, valuable vet piece with a great IQ for the game and grit. And he's also wants to win. So I think it's going to be huge to have him, especially pair with Montrezl Hill. I mean, who, who would have thought we'd have those two 
freaking bullies on our team. So <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like we we just completely changed the identity of the team with those two pickups. And I think it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to you're not gonna be able to walk through us. I'll tell you that. And you, like you said, when be thirty-seven years old, he's got a three-year contract. Um, so he's gonna play into his forties. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I know it's a short, it's a short-term contract, but is he going to give us three full years of what he's been given Miami and, and Milwaukee the last you know three years that of his career? Can you see that happening? I can I can see it for a minimum. That I, I'm one year at a time with this. I'm, I can see it happening for this year. You know, until I see a, a drop off, I'm gonna have confidence in his skill set and uh, what what he brings to the table to a team because it's much deeper than um, just what he brings to the actual court on game day. But what he brings to the chemistry and makeup of a team is what's gonna be the most important. What his impact is gonna be more. Um, uh, his fingerprints are going to be a lot on the team's identity and what we think and, and how we're going to go about ourselves. And I think that's going to be huge for us. And I, I think he's very, uh, it's taken well by the team that he's here and he's a very likable guy when he's on your team. And so that's, it's just going to be great. I see nothing but positives with it and to worry about anything past this year would just be, uh, not but but you know what Philly fans are, man. You, oh, yeah, that's why I bring it up. I didn't bring it up for you for you and I. I brought it up because that's the thought process of our delusional, crazy, mm-hmm. psychotic, nutty, the best fans in the NBA and just in sports, period. That's the way our fans think. They don't think about right now, they're thinking about everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know. <laughs> You know, that's the only reason why I threw that out there to you. Like, you, yeah, I agree with you. You and I and, you know, a lot of smart uh, listeners and a lot of smart people out there we're just thinking about right now. Take it for this season, see what happens, wait for the drop-off, and then worry about it when that happens. Mm-hmm. But you got the crazies, Rob. They're you looking the three years down there. the line. <laughs> I'm trying to make it through the season. Yeah, exactly. Now, you know, with um, with him here, um, he's been he's been an in, an instant impact on the court, and uh, George Niang said that um, you know it's like running through a brick wall when you hit him, mm. like it just hurts, you know. That's and that grown man strength. That's that that's grown yeah. old head strength. <laughs> that's what that is. Just get that from years of experience. Exactly. Yes, yes. You don't you don't have that when you first come in the league. You develop that. Oh yeah, and Max, um, Maxie doesn't have that type of strength. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no I think Jaden Springer can no. rival him. You know what I'm saying? He's a strong guy, 19 year old kid. Oh, <laughs> uh, with Maxie? Yeah, that's about right. That's about right. Um, but um, that's why. But look, you know, it's funny you said it. But look, if we look at what happened with PJ Tucker when he was guarding Embiid in the playoffs, Embiid could not get below the foul line. Mm-hmm. I remember screaming about that. Like, you are 7 2, and you got this guy by like almost a foot. Why can't you get below the foul line? Uh-huh. And that's PJ Tucker perfecting like that, the craft of, of defense and being a pest. Like he, he, he's exactly what you need to get into somebody's rhythm and head to be able to disrupt them. And it, it's not always about shutting someone down. It's about disrupting their rhythm and 
um, throwing them off a, off their off their game and making them change it up. And that's what he's very very good at. They will make him be better. Exactly. Oh oh yeah, for sure, for sure. He's gonna make a lot of people on this team better. I, I told you the the person I I feel like is benefited from all these moves is going to be Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's going to make Tobias better. And we already know Maxie got a little grit to him. We already know Harden has a little grit to him. You don't think having Montrez Howard and P.J. Tucker on the team that that grit's going to get ex- accelerated to another notch? Mm-hmm. Come on, man. It's, that's why I'm excited for this season. Like, you can't come in here and – and think you, when you leave the Wells Fargo this season, you're going to know you played the Sixers. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some heavy screens. There's going to be uh, within, within you know, the rules, there's going to be some elbow throwing. And, you know, there's going to be some bodying up. Right. Plain and simple. So, and I think, I think Doc, Doc is going to, have to incorporate this quickly. You know, he can't fool around with it here, fool around with it there. Yeah, I think it, it's definitely go mode. Try to make it's this fit quickly. What do you think about, and I'm going to get off topic real fast because I have this in my head. What do you think about Doc and that rotation time he has with Embiid in, in the first quarter when everyone knows it was like clockwork when Embiid was coming out? Right, I think he stays with that. Uh, I think he won't just because it's a whole. I think he has to change every, like not everything, but it's a new team. It's a different team. Like you cannot go into this year with the same game plan as you had last year because that's just not uh It's not smart. You got to change it up, and you can't do the same thing unless it's winning you a championship. You have to reevaluate everything you've done. Like <laughs> so, at the end of the day, he can't go into it with that same mindset. Now he might. Cause it's doc, but you know, other than that, I feel like you, it's common sense to, you know, give a different look and get the timing different. Now, granted, I was just happy, you know, and be made it through the whole season standing up. Yes. Um, so like, I mean, by the end of that, it was a bloodbath. It, it was, and that guy's a warrior, man. Like nobody can question the dude's heart. If anything, like you can maybe say, you know, he's injured, you know, this and there, but that dude's got some heart. And I think that he's going to, uh, battle through this season, and I think with his new, uh, the new cast of uh, of guys he's got with him, it's just gonna cast they're gonna push him along even further. Good cast of characters, yes. Oh, it's character. <laughs> I was thinking the the press conferences are going to be a treat. Like it's going like mid season these press conferences with just have imagine just after after a win or after a, a game where there was some scrappiness and you just got Montrez Harrell and and PJ Tucker sitting at the podium ready to answer any and all questions about what's going down. Like, I, I can't wait. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fascinating. It's gonna be, listen, that might be our episode in this Real Housewives of the NBA uh, season 76. Hmm. Might be those post-game um, interviews with the players and the Philadelphia media. Mm-hmm. You might you might be on something with that one, sir. And you know I'm going to tip my hat to you when that happens. Um, but yeah, to get back on topic with PJ Tucker, I'm sitting here reading this quote, uh, and you know um, 
Jimmy Brittany Griner Butler down in Miami. Have you seen his hairstyle? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my those, god, overnight the those, overnight dreads, the instant yeah. instant dreads. For for you know, we all want a free Brittany Griner, but it, Jimmy Butler has taken that into a a new universe. <laughs> and he could pull off the RuPaul look. I'm just saying. He could pull off the RuPaul look. Jimmy Butler is a unique individual. And, you know, he has not, he has, he's never lost for words. And he's had some choice words with MB and PJ Tucker. Uh-huh. So the latest was uh, Jimmy Butler said PJ Tucker's a traitor. And he says, I'll tell him every single day he's a traitor, but he loves that guy. Oh, yeah. And he just like he loves Embiid. And he says, he says, every time I see Embiid, it's F-U Embiid for taking P.J. Tucker. Mm -hmm. But he loves Embiid. That friendship right there that was built was, it's probably unbreakable. It's really not even Embiid that got him there. It was really hard. And he should really be saying that to Harden. But he ain't gonna say it to Harden. Well, yeah, no. Jimmy but, Butler picking you. Jimmy Butler. Listen, Jimmy Brittany Griner Butler is picking <laughs> and choosing who he he messes with. You know, yeah. he don't mess with Udonis Haslam no more. I tell you that. Right. We all saw what happened with that. <laughs> <laughs> talk about growing man. You yeah. You want to talk about age? Shoot. <laughs> but um, yeah. So uh, Butler Butler still softly about that. Rightfully so. I don't blame him. But can we talk about how Jimmy Butler has changed two franchises mentality that he's been to and potentially three? Yeah. He's he's uh, he's so good for a friend. He's just a he's just a competitor at the end of the day. And he leads by example. And he doesn't have to be too rah-rah. You just you know, follow me and you'll be okay. I'll be your I'll be your shield. You walk with me, you'll be fine. Uh, and he's that type of player. And, you know, I was very furious that, you know, he ended up parting ways with us went back in the day. So, but, you know, J- Jimmy, and especially with his relationship with Embiid, I-, I love that because I think Jimmy walked away from the Sixers really, really, really respecting Embiid as a player and as a person and as a, a leader for the team. Um, I just, just wish, but I wish Jimmy would have respected everyone else. Mm-hmm. In the organization, the way he respected Embiid, yeah. But and then and 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 in fairness, I wish everyone in the organization gave their all, like Embiid did, to show Jimmy Butler, you know, this is what he wants because you know that relationship was rocky at the end, and Butler wasn't even staying in the same hotel as the team. He was traveling on different planes, like it was just it was a mess. Yeah, it was a mess behind the scenes that. I've, quite frankly, the Sixers and the NBA did very well keeping it hush hush. Yeah, and I think it was also um, a little bit of you know Brett Brown and and Ben Simmons more than the rest of the team because I pause, felt like Pauls Pauls. You gonna say a little bit or a lot of bit? Definitely a lot of bit. A lot. Of <laughs> I felt like it really had nothing to do with anybody else but them, and they made a decision and they chose. The the opinions and of and the words of Brett Brown and Ben Simmons more than let's keep oh, Jimmy Butler, and it ended up being possibly one of the biggest mistakes 
that we could have ever made. But, but if we make those mistakes, have you know, we're reaping the rewards of those mistakes with mm-hmm. J, uh, James Harding, a PJ Tucker, and a Montres Howell. So it kind of goes hand in hand because you know, I don't know about you, Rob, but when all that was playing out and going down, I was riding with with Ben Simmons because he was the young Giselle. That we all, I think a lot of people were were either riding with him or at least being like, okay, I get it, or I'm not too too mad because we still we still had faith Embiid, in what we had and Embiid right, and, and Simmons. A, a core team. We still had we had we uh, Ben had a potential upside. Yeah, and, and, and I, yeah, I, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> right, and, and it's like when. Especially when I feel like when Ben Simmons is like, oh, he didn't feel appreciated. We could have made a way bigger stink about that than we did when he left, when, when Jimmy Butler left. But we didn't because we believed in your sorry behind. Like, we, we really did. I fought tooth and nail trying to argue the point of, okay, we, we let Jimmy Butler, but Jimmy walk. But, hey, man, we got Ben Simmons in Embiid, but it ended up just being Embiid and Ben Simmons. the demon. And we all and you and I both got egg on our face. Oh, oh major we, egg, major omelet on the face right there. Yeah, man. And uh it's all good though. You know, we got big shoulders, so I can handle it. Right. You know, you can you can throw your darts, but I I'll tell you what. You're going to have to keep throwing them because I'm going to keep I want to keep darting back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to keep coming back. So make sure you're on point because when you want to throw your darts, you better have them lined up and ready. But uh, hey, man, listen. This was fun, Rob. This Absolutely. is fun. We we are building. We are building closer to our hundredth show. We got some uh, exciting uh, things and stuff happening, and you know, and just stuff I want to tell you that I can't. So you just gotta stay tuned. Follow the tea leaves. Stay on the train. And uh, get ready for a journey. Get ready for a journey. Hey, yo, man, I'm your host, Philly, or Philly Four Court Press, Big T-Will. That's my man, Mr. Robert Brown, co-host, producer extraordinaire. We appreciate all you mother fathers for listening and checking in. Make sure you subscribe. And we'll be back with another episode. Peace. What's up, everyone? It's Robert Brown from Full Court Press. You can find Full Court Press on any streaming podcast platform. Follow us on Twitter at FullCourt76 and on Instagram at FullCourtPress76. If you have any questions for us or the Full Court family, you can email us at FullCourtPress76 at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for your support. It's always appreciated.